This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Monday, May 3rd, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. Hope you enjoyed a fabulous weekend because we did. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who actually waited around to see the last two picks of the NFL draft, Jerem Jordan. I actually didn't, so I feel like I watched more NFL draft this time than ever, but we went to the dog park with our dog Rex, and then I you know, turned on uh, you know, my phone later and I was like, oh, because I checked PFF, was like, okay, in the final you know, 10 picks or whatever, BYU had... Dax Milne and Kyrus Tonges, two of the top seven best available. And I was like, okay, hopefully those guys. Come on, come Anyways, on. Anyways, we're at the dark park. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to be in this moment. And then I check my phone. And it's like, bang, bang, bang. Three in the final ten. I know. It's crazy. Wild between 250 and 258. Yeah. You're talking about wow. Kyrus Tonga, Chris Wilcox, and Dax Milne. Spoiler hey, alert. Dax Milne was the penultimate mystery relevant. So he's the most relevant. <laughs> he's the last relevant player in – the draft. No, that was really fun, man. What a what a weekend. What a what a banner moment uh, for BYU football to have that many picks, and we'll talk about it in a minute. You could say that about the entire last calendar year for BYU football, right? I've said this a million times. I'm going to say it again. Again, this is no disrespect to what the reality of the situation, but when it comes to the to the actual playing on the field, the pandemic blew up BYU's schedule, and it ended up being a, a good thing for BYU football because the Cougars were able to go 11 and one. BYU was able to accentuate the talent it had through a weaker schedule, and BYU took advantage of the moment. They seized the opportunity to BYU's credit. Congratulations. And it, it was this whole thing's been amazing. It's it, been really fun. Like, when you win, you get noticed. That's what happened. So this is like, why ever schedule crazy tough again? Well, not just that, but the additional spotlight, because so many other teams were not playing when BYU got going. And so the Cougars just burst onto the scene yep. on Labor Day night, and three to four weeks in, Zach Wilson's going nuts, and then these other power conferences start playing, and BYU's already ranked. They were ranked by the time the SEC and the Big Ten and all those other conferences got going. Yeah. They took advantage of the opportunity. Yeah, well, Big Ten and Pac-12 were later, later. But, yeah, ACC and SEC, they were playing early. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Like a month in. Here's your show lineup. More reaction to BYU's monumental NFL draft weekend. Best weekend ever, maybe? BYU football head coach Kalani Satake will join us live to discuss the five draft picks, the eight undrafted free agents that recently were placed into the NFL and one mini camp invite. Plus, was the success of the draft a bigger deal than BYU football going 11-1 and and finishing number 11 in the country? Fun conversation. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. In case you missed it, five BYU players were drafted over the weekend. You know about the first one. Then Friday night, Brady Christensen, number 70 to the Carolina Panthers in the third round. Then late Saturday, seventh round, as we mentioned, a three-player run in nine picks with Kyrus Tonga to the Bears, Chris Wilcox with the, to the Bucks, and Dax Milne, the second-to-last pick in the draft, to the Washington football team. Congrats, How cool guys. is that? Out of BYU, bang. Next, play, next pick, out of BYU, bang. Six picks later, out of BYU. That's oh, awesome. What a finish. Seven BYU players sign as undrafted free agents. I said eight because I'm including Micah Simon. I'm going to throw him into this situation as well, even though he's well, not technically well, part of the 2020 class. Well, is the other one, right? A mini-camp invite. Mini-camp invite. Yeah. 
Matt Bushman signs with the Las Vegas Raiders. Zane Anderson going to Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. Is he the next Dirty Dan? Undrafted white safety. Huh? (laughs) They love him. (laughs) Isaiah Kafusi headed to play with the Indianapolis Colts. Chandon Herring to the Tennessee Titans. Tristan Hodge will hopefully be protecting Zach Wilson with the New York Jets. Troy Warner signs a deal with the Los Angeles Rams of St. Louis. And Zach Daw headed to the Falcons of Atlanta. Again, Micah Simon signs his free agent deal with the Carolina Panthers. That happened last month. Kavika Fanua minicamp invite also from the Panthers. Jerem, 14 different BYU players, if you include Simon, in the last few weeks. Hopefully they stick. Now have a dream. They're chasing the dream still. They get a shot. Number 12, women's soccer loses to Virginia 2-0 in the second round of the NCAA tournament. They had a buy into that spot. Cougars finished with an 11-4-1 record. Shutout snapped a school record 53 straight game goal streak. Ah. Good season for the ladies. Disappointing finish. That's a tough one. And Greg Rubel had a very apt point. He said drawing Virginia is kind of like BYU men's basketball drawing UCLA in their tournament setup. At some point, we need to stop complaining about the draws and just win the game. I you know agree. What I, you know what I, I mean? agree. Yeah. Virginia. I'm not saying Greg's complaining. It's a fair point. But at some point, it's like, just let's go. BYU men's golf finished second in the West Coast Conference Tournament. Great finish. They actually edged out another top 25 team in San Francisco by a combined three strokes. Carson Lundell had his fifth top three finish this season, finishing tied for third. And Carter, a third-round score of 10 under par. Number 8 Pepperdine wins the WCC title. They set a tournament record. The Waves, they're really good. But BYU, they overachieved for what they brought back and after how much talent they lost. BYU baseball sweeps the series, makes it a four-win week after a 4-2 and 4-3 win against St. Mary's. Three homers by Cole Gamble last week. Cougars play at Utah Valley tomorrow. And uh, best of luck to the Bad Cats, who have a nice winning streak right now. Uh, we've got an interesting superstition going there. I'll share that later in the show. <laughs> Baseball, man, the most superstitious sport there is. BYU softball wins 2-3 against LMU in a battle of the top teams in the West Coast Conference. 5-2 victory on Friday. A 10-inning thriller in Game 1 on Saturday. BYU lost that 3-2, but then bounced back in six innings with a 9-1 victory in Game 2 of that Saturday doubleheader. The Cougars hit six more home runs over the three-game series. That's what they do. They hit home it's runs. It's what they do. Violet Zavodnik and Martha Epinesa each hit two. BYU now takes on to uh, Cedar City and a showdown with the Southern Utah Thunderbirds Tuesday, 5 Eastern. Track and field breaks two school records at the West Coast Relays. Whitney Orton posted a 409.31 in the 1500. Courtney Wayman broke the school record in the cheap steeplechase by 11 seconds. An NCAA leading 931.37. That's amazing. Today, the Cougars competed the Weber State Invitation. Congratulations to Mike Weir. Weirzy is once again back in the winner's circle on the PGA Tour. 2003 Masters champion ended a 14-year winless streak and won on the Champions Tour yesterday. He shot 10 under par to beat John Daly. Remember him? John Daly? By two strokes. So the competition wasn't difficult? Well... And men's volley is he was smoking a heater on the 18th, I think. And men's volleyball, ABCA All-Americans are out. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, Davide Gardini, Will Stanley, all first-team selections in back-to-back years. Felipe Gibrita Fejeda and Zach Eschenberg honorably mentioned. Of note, Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, just the second player ever from BYU to be a first- or second-teamer all four years. Taylor Sander was the I other. was going to say, who and who's the other? It Our wasn't Ryan Taylor. Millar. It was Which Taylor Sander. Which is wild. Sander. Yeah. Well, to be a second-team All-American as a freshman is, like, insane. Woo. Yeah. It speaks to the talent that BYU Volleyball has had running through the program in the last 
seven or eight years. Incredible stuff. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Best NFL draft weekend ever for the BYU Cougars. Okay, maybe not ever. Some hyperbole there. but yeah, let's talk. It's up there, right? Yeah. Jerem, how would you sum up BYU football's success in the NFL draft over the weekend with five draft picks, seven undrafted free agents, one minicamp invite, and then throw in Micah Simon as well? Uh, incredible, amazing, unbelievable, the best. Yeah, it, it, this was a banner uh, you know, weekend for BYU football. Obviously, Zach Wilson gets headlines and should. So there's the quality of that. Um, but there's also the the quality of having a third rounder as well. Mm-hmm. So um, highest pick in BYU history with Zach Wilson. That's amazing. If he was the only pick, it'd be one of the drafts uh, that we would talk about forever. Maybe the best. Just on that fact alone. Okay? Highest pick ever. Then you look at, uh, it's just the fourth season in BYU history where BYU had two picks in the first three rounds. That included a first rounder. So j- that's, that's notable as well. Um, then let's look at the volume. Um, you know, the, the most picks since 2002. Three seven-rounders snuck in there. Awesome. Love it. Fifth time in BYU history with five in the first seven rounds. Only five times has this happened. The draft used to go way longer, like into the 20s. Okay, so already by that metric, five draft picks in the first seven rounds, it's a top five day all time for BYU to the NFL. But I think you could call it the best if you want because BYU had the second pick. So you look at that plus the... Plus four. So again, this should, it, and then the undrafted free agents, which is, let's just celebrate that for a moment. These guys, so how talented was BYU last year? Very is the answer, right? Incredibly talented. Um, you know, you brought it up, and I've tried not to go there, but over the weekend I was like, oh, the what if game is interesting. Like, what would BYU have done against these six power five? The original teams? schedule. Who knows? Maybe BYU goes. Uh, 11 and 2, 10 and 3 or something. That would have been incredible against six power fives. We will never know the answer to that. Well, maybe, you know, after, after I'm dead, I, w- I want to ask some weird questions, not just like dinosaurs. What's the deal? Uh, you know, the whole earth was flooded. That sounds l- logistically crazy. Would BYU have gone 10 and 3 <laughs> in 2020? It's right huh? there. It's right there with those I'm gonna, questions. I'm going to search, ponder, and pray about that mm-hmm. one. But okay. th- this, is, oh, this is a notable day in BYU history because of what happened. That, that group was so successful. It took five years for Kalani Stake to get this group together. It also took a pandemic to blow up the schedule. That needs to be mentioned every time with this, with this group and schedule. But they took advantage, man, and it was awesome. Let's roll out one of the more interesting stats featuring BYU in the draft with our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. So we talked a lot about Zach Wilson. Brady Christensen goes number 70 overall. BYU football has had three players drafted with the 70th pick. Brady Christensen, Fred Warner, and Bronson Kafusi In the last five years. Three yeah. at exactly number 70. That's random. Also, uh, Brady Christensen, the first offensive lineman taken in 16 years from BYU. Are you kidding me? It was 16 years? It took that long? A lot of streaks were broken this yes. year. Yes, yes. The multiple pit Like, Kalani Sitake went from three picks at BYU in his tenure that I would argue two of the three were Bronco guys. Yeah. To five. Bang. Um, and then all the undrafted free agents. I really think several of those guys can stick, right? And you hope the seventh-rounders can, too. There's no guarantee that the seventh-rounders are on the 53. they got to make it. Um, so good luck to all these guys. The, the, listen, 
<laughs> Did BYU just double its number in the NFL over the weekend? Maybe. Wasn't it like, what, nine or something? <laughs> and <laughs> and now BYU with more than double? The influx of 14, as currently constituted. All those in favor, please make it manifest. 23 BYU yeah. players under some type of contract right now. Only one of those is a mini camp invite. Typically, it's been like uh, three or four. Yes. One. Everybody else signed a, a mini camp a invite contract. is like an honorable mention all yes. American. Where it's like, mm, that's nice. It's the honorable mention undrafted free agent. Like mini camp guys don't normally make it. Best of luck to Kavik Fonua. He, he, he's too athletic not to get at least that. saying he won't. Yeah. Uh, hopefully he will. So, yeah, what, what a fun time. And then it was fun to see the reaction of the guys. We oh, saw man. Brady Christensen. We saw a couple of guys. Here's, here's what it was like for Chris Wilcox as the family <laughs> gathers around. Gets the phone call. Again, if you get a phone call, there's no guarantee that you're actually getting drafted because a bunch of guys have been called and told, yeah, we're picking you, and then they aren't. It doesn't always happen. But in this case, Chris Wilcox get the, gets the call, and here's what it looked and sounded like. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Tampa. <laughs> I love that. And how fun is that for Chris? So, oh, it's amazing. Who is he going to defend passes from in practice? Thomas Brady. That's great. Chris Wilcox going to the defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And remember, he sat out the bowl game for this moment. Didn't want to get hurt, wanted to train, right? And he had gone through some injuries Worth in his it. career. Worth it. So that certainly factored into his decision. And remember in 2016 when he was getting lit up against Utah, and I was like, ah, Chris Wilcox and... And to Ed Lamp's credit, he's recruited these track guys, these long, fast track guys who have become good cor- – like Michael, Michael Davis. Davis and Chris Wilcox now. And who else in the future? How much does a four three one forty matter? It got you drafted. I kept looking at all the 40 do, uh, times of all the offensive linemen and thinking, that guy's faster than Spencer? <laughs> wow. Really? I like don't believe it. You know, it's great. Listen, they've been training every day for months on end, Jerem. Let me train. They've also the been way- eating twice as much as you. Let me train the way that those guys train, and we'll see who can run the faster forty. Okay? That is that is up to you. <laughs> You're right. That it is, is your up choice. to me. It's entirely up to me. If I did that, then do it. <laughs> so happy. I love the tweet from at uh, Joey twenty seven as well, who summed up Zach Wilson and Dax Milne, the first and last picks for BYU. The Alpha and Omega of the draft, if you The will. second pick and the second-to-last pick were Zach and Dax, perhaps their longest connection of the season. Oh, snap. An outstanding wow. tweet from Is that the elite voice at already? Joey27. Okay. Yeah, uh, I love that point. I'm just so happy for all of the guys. And I can't wait. This offseason just becomes that much more compelling, right? With so many guys in the NFL pushing into their NFL camps and Zach Wilson leading the charge. It's going to be very busy and very fun for us to talk about all these developments. Yes, and uh, best of luck to all these guys as they try and stick, man. Our question of the day. Was BYU's NFL draft haul a bigger deal than finishing 11-1 and as a football team in mm. the 2020 season? Let's hear from you, BYUSN, in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At CougarA70 answers on Twitter. Using the what have you done for me lately approach, the draft is the bigger deal. But the draft was so successful because of the great season. I'm excited about both. It yeah, definitely yeah. is a symbiotic yes, relationship. Totally, totally. Well, the season happens because of the guys in the draft, right? Yes. And you don't you don't have to uh, you know have uh, 
12 guys, 13 guys to go 11 and 1. That's not how it works necessarily, but it certainly helps. And it helps to be on ESPN. Like, BYU had how many 10 and 11 win seasons? Four in a row, uh, five in six years, I think. Um, only one of which was in the independent era um, at the beginning, but didn't produce as many guys into the NFL. The NFL is an individual thing, right? Like salvation, you know. But you hope that the team, a.k.a. your family, can go to the next level. Yeah, see sure. See what I did there? Sure, I do see what you did there. <laughs> Isn't it interesting? The last time BYU lost one game, uh, well, technically they lost two in 2001. But they had that magical season. They played an easier schedule. Yep. And they were 12-0 yep. at one point, right? Yeah. Last time that happened, yeah. BYU had five draft picks. Why would we ever play five power fives in a season again? Tell me that. After this weekend. After this season and this weekend, tell me why we would ever do that. Jeremy, why? There are only going to be a max of four in 2023. I don't know if you heard there's seven this year. <laughs> why? It's a complicated question. James, sure, James, Tom the was member of the church, with this. James, the member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, is like, I'm telling you why. Oh. Uh, Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram if you'd like to join the conversation. And we'll answer that question coming up. Stay tuned. Uh, the, you know, bigger deal, 11-1 and one or the draft. Coming up, Zach Wilson hands out some thank you sweat. And BYU football head coach Kalani Satake joins us live to recap the weekend from his perspective and his trip to New York to watch Zach Wilson get taken number two overall. This is BYU Sports Nation. Kalani's ready for seven power fives. He's ready. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU baseball continues to win. Won all four games last week. Will the Cougars make it five in a row? Tomorrow, listen to the game at Utah Valley, 8 Eastern on BYU Radio, 107.9 FM, and the BYU Cougars app. So typically I have a game day conversation with Mike Littlewood right before just to make sure things are all set, the lineup's good. So I didn't do it on Thursday, and... They won. And so going into the Friday game, he said, I will not talk to you tomorrow. And I said, okay, I will do the same thing I did today. I'll just send you a text message congratulating you on a win and asking for any changes in the lineup. Did it on Friday. Same thing on Saturday. Bang. They won all these games in a row. So he's like, I will not talk to you again on the day of the game until we lose again. (laughs) Not a fan of that. Less prepared. Well, you can prepare another way. You can talk to the assistant coaches. You can True. Talk, you can go there. There are other things you can work around. You you just deal True. with the superstitions, right? Uh, no. And it's on. just day of game. Like I can talk to him before, just not on the day of the game. Too much. <laughs> Too much. Sorry, Mike. You can win without the superstitions. We are live in Studio B with your day to day BYU sports play by play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is the head football coach at BYU after. One of the greatest weekends as far as BYU players to the NFL goes in the history of this storied program. Kalani, welcome back to the show. How you feeling after that weekend? Feel good. Yeah, that was a lot of fun to see our guys have an opportunity to go live out their dreams of playing in the NFL on the next level. And uh, it's an emphasis that we've been trying to um, get going here at BYU and, and trying to get our players to see that as part of their future and, and really aim high. And so I'm glad that we had this many guys have opportunities to play and enter camps and uh, looking forward to see them represent well in, in the league. Okay, there's a lot to discuss, so let's chat. Uh, first off, the noise behind you, that's actually the, the construction of the and renovation of the locker room downstairs, right? That started. Yeah, I mean, this is the 
quiet a spot we could find, but it, it, there's nowhere quiet in the whole facility. They're doing work in the, the locker room, and then there's also a lot of work happening in the weight room with with uh, the boys back training after some time off. So uh, looking forward to seeing these guys make a lot of noise in, in the uh, during the offseason and get bigger, stronger, and faster. Exciting times for BYU football and their head coach, Kalani Satake, after an unforgettable NFL draft weekend. You were in New York to hang out with Zach Wilson as he had his name called at number two by the New York Jets. What was that experience like for you to watch Zach Wilson become the highest draft pick in BYU football history? Yeah, well, we were in Cleveland, um, which was very similar to New York, Spencer. No, yeah, sorry, I, sorry, but, sorry, meant Cleveland. <laughs> we were in the draft, and, and that's all that mattered. It didn't really sure. didn't matter what city we were in, but it was really cool. You know, you just – you see all the Jets fans that were there before the draft even happened and the excitement that there was. I mean, they recognized uh, BYU gear that we were wearing and just kept chanting uh, Z-A-C-H and then J-E-T-S. And they were just chanting it the, the whole time we were out there. And and then when it when he was selected in, in the uh, you know second overall, that, that was amazing. We kind of knew that was going to happen, but it was, just, it was just good to confirm it and to have him go through the – the whole process and be a part of it, the small part that, uh, you know, our, that we had in it. It was just nice to be with his family. And I'm going to tell you, Zach had a, a great opportunity during that time where he just saw him reflecting on, on uh, the time that he spent here and the people that, that have really helped him out throughout his life to get him to that point. And uh, just really grateful that I got to coach him and, and thankful that, that he's a type of person that's really thankful uh, just thanking everybody and has a lot of appreciation for those that helped him get here. He handed out some swag to some athletic employees. You know, the, the next day he had left some stuff, which was super classy of him, of course. But, Kalani, you, you did something that Lavelle never did. You had, a, you had a number two pick, which is crazy. Steve Young would have been number one in 84, but uh, that was a really notable moment in BYU history to have the highest drafted Cougar ever. You think about all the amazing players that have come through this program, none have been drafted higher than Zach Wilson. Yeah, and then, you know, just uh, the fact that he was a, he's able to make that much of a of a, a trajectory in the last year, uh, and then even with Brady and everybody else that's got that selected and had free agent shots, that's a huge motivation for our players, and, and I can see it in their faces and the excitement that that they know that this, that's it's attainable here at BYU under the circumstances that we're in as independents and with this football program that you can achieve great things even. Th- overcome and, and surpass some of the things that I've done in the past uh, in the, and with this, the rich tradition of football in the past with all the great quarterbacks. We, uh, in 2021 draft, had the highest selected player. And so, you know, you can only do one better than that. Hopefully there's one of those guys here and currently on our roster. But I, I feel like there's a lot of great talent here and, and we'll keep developing them and, and, and helping them push themselves to get to that point where they can improve and, and get better. And and maximize their potential and hopefully someday hear their name called. He is explaining the experience of watching BYU players to the NFL draft in 2021 as the head coach, Kalani Satake. He's also explaining to me the difference between Cleveland and New York, so thank you for that, Coach. Uh, <laughs> well, the draft used to be in New York all the time. And yes. so I, I, I made the same mistake over and over. I was in <laughs> Cleveland calling it New York, so yeah, hey, I just wanted to make sure. Listen, Joseph Smith moved from both places. You know, there's history. There's history there, right? There's truth to this, for sure. Way to bring it back around, John. Thank you. <laughs> 
Coach, I know how I felt going into the seventh round thinking, man, there's so much talent from BYU, and none of these guys have had their names called through the first six rounds. What's going on? Uh, and feeling tense and, and nervous for, for a lot of the players. How are you feeling as the draft got later and later and later towards pick 250 when finally Kyrus Tonga went to the Chicago Bears? Yeah, I mean, you can never predict uh, basically the rounds from three to, to seven. And, and it all depends on the teams and, and really depends on um, how the draft is going early on. And, and as teams start to select, it seemed like a lot more receivers in the past that have been uh, in a lot of different positions. Um, you know, these teams all of a sudden start looking at where they need to draft people and who they can get at, at free agent spots. And so um, I just like the fact that we have a bunch of players that are being mentioned, had opportunities to go into camp. That's hard. I mean, that's hard to, to, to be even as a free agent. And, and, and looking at the players that have made it in the NFL as free agents, uh, we have a, a good number of those type of guys, too, that have even gone on and become all pro players. So um, the, the, the fact that they're invited to the party and in, their names being mentioned, that's a big part of what we're trying to get done here. And, you know, I think a lot, a lot could be said and done during the time that they um, perform and, and, and develop as, as individual players. I, I just, it's harder when you, when you, you know, you're one of the top 500 athletes in, in, in the NFL coming out that year in that class. Uh, you really have to find ways to, to stand out. And most of that is done in the season and also in the training and, and the testing. And that's why we test our guys as much as possible just so they can see their, their measurables and see how it, me- how it stands up to everybody else that's in their position group that's currently playing in the NFL. It's something, uh, a goal for them to, to look forward to and hopefully try to attain and, and find ways to, to make themselves stand out. This team was certainly talented. Whether they played six Power Fives on the original schedule or no Power Fives, they were going to perform well. It was just how well, right? And some of the talents were accentuated by a different kind of schedule. Yet, Kalani, this team uh, needs to schedule Power Fives every year. I feel like seven's a lot. That's what you're going to play this fall. Three or four feels like kind of the, the, the balance there. How do you balance that with Tom where you say, we need to schedule tough because we want to get good players Yet a season like this happens in part because you were able to go 11-1 and one and be noticed a little more by winning more. Well, I think the, the thing that was more, most noticeable was that we had really good players that um, were healthy. And we talk about Zach, that, that was a moment where he's been the healthiest he's ever been. And so just trying to find ways the guys, for our guys to perform at their best. Not really worried about the schedule being too difficult. That's not my job. I, I got this job because I was excited that we play these type of teams and have this type of schedule. Um, it's my job to try to find ways for our, our players to perform at the best, which gives us an opportunity to win those games. Uh, those would be memorable for our players. So uh, um, that, that's, I, I understand what you're saying, Jeremy. For me, it's just trying to get our guys to play at their best for 12 games that, were, that is on our schedule. And, and I felt like we did, we did a, a better job of that this last season. Hopefully we can do it every, every week this ne- next upcoming season, regardless of who the opponent is. I, I'm not really worried about the, the, the opponent. If they're at their best, I'm more concerned about us being at our best. And I think if we are, we can live with the result that's going to show. Kalani Satake, BYU football head coach with us on BYU Sports Nation. I'm looking back a year ago and thinking, okay, May 3rd, 2020, what was I thinking? What was I feeling as it relates to BYU football? And 
We weren't even sure if there was going to be a season, any games. So how would you sum up the last year and the emotional spectrum that you have been on as the head coach of this program in the last 365 days? I think you guys heard, heard us say it before that just uh, the, the pandemic has done one thing for us that, that I felt was positive, and that's just show a high level of appreciation and gratitude uh, where we're at and then not taking um, certain things for granted. And so uh, I'm, I'm just really grateful to be here and, and to have this role in, in these young men's lives and and um, just really proud of, of them and, and things that they've accomplished uh, on on the field and off the field. And so um, really just trying to make sure that we capitalize on our, every opportunity we have. And it's a, another motivation for me as a head coach to try to get our players in positions to have as much success as possible. And that's uh, on the field, off the field, in the classroom, in a lot of different um, areas of their lives. 13 dudes to the NFL in some capacity, right, which is incredible. And now you have a schedule that, like we talked about, seven power fives is certainly going to be fun slash challenging. So what's the conversation like and what's the schedule like with this group as you try and obviously you want you want to replicate what you did, but if you can continue to win at a, a high level, you can certainly try to build off of this. Yeah, and, and I think this next taking the next step, and that means improving. And um, you know, we're obviously you mentioned we we lost some players that that have uh, given us a lot of production on the field. Uh, we feel like we can we can replace those players. Uh, with the talent that we have on the team and the talent that we have coming in. Uh, we're trying to develop our players in the next few months as fast as we can because it's going to be important that they, they get uh, bigger, stronger, and faster by the time we, we get to Vegas and play Arizona. So that's going to be the key. Um, I'm glad that we have more time to work with them than we did last year. But um, I think utilizing the time wisely is going to be important for us and our guys are always going to work hard. It's, it's important for us to work smart and, and to get our guys in a position where we can have competitive advantages over our opponents. Coach, it's a credit to what BYU football just did in the NFL draft over the weekend to why we're so far into this interview and we haven't asked you about the quarterback battle yet. Well, here we go. <laughs> yeah, you got three, four capable quarterbacks. Uh, I know you know their names. We've said their names ad nauseum. But I'm looking at the talent around those guys with Tyler Algier and Lopini Katoa at running back. Mason Wake is the fullback. You bring in the Nakua brothers to play wide receiver to join Gunnar Romney and Neil Pau. And then you have Isaac Rex and Carter Wheat. So many weapons. And your offensive line, even though you lost Chandon Herring, Tristan Hodge, and Brady Christensen, you've got the anchor in James Empey and a bunch of guys that have experience. So I'm, I'm looking at this and saying, you know, whoever the quarterback is, they're going to inherit a wealth of talent. So maybe I'm not that concerned. It's a tough job to pick a starting quarterback, but I feel like whoever you go with, coach, is going to find success because of the guys around them. How do you see that scenario? Yeah, I see it the same way. And 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 there's a, uh, I think you named a bunch of guys, but there's also a bunch of guys that that uh, a lot of people aren't counting on right now that the next Dex Milne or the next Isaac Rex you mentioned, there's a bunch of different guys out there that, that uh, I know we have the talent on this team. And so um, it's just giving them that opportunity that when they, they get on the field to perform their best. And sometimes it's easy to do in practice. We're going to try to simulate as, as much chaos and, 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 and get our players in a position to, we can try to simulate as much game time decisions and game and game uh, 
you know, as much as we can to simulate what, what they're going to face in the game. But um, until that happens, really, it comes down to just getting out there and playing. And then um, I think they can look to their teammates that have, have experience playing and uh, be a, a source of, of um, confirmation that they're doing things the right way. And then they go out there and play at their best and have fun. Uh, I think it's going to work out in our favor. I, I really believe in the leadership of this team. It, it's not just, it didn't just end with the guys that left. Those guys have done a great job. What, what's important is when the leaders leave that they left behind a bunch of great leaders. And I can say Zach and the group that are going on to the NFL have left a great uh, influence on this team. And it's, a, it's actually bred more leaders that we've had even in 2020. So 2021 is going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to getting better and getting out there and making the fans really happy. I want to go back to the NFL draft experience. Um, did, did you have to calm Fessy down? Was he screaming? Was he pushing the walls, <laughs> like trying to talk to Devontae Smith and, and uh, you know, Mac Jones and everybody? Or how, how was that situation? I mean, the NFL did a great job at doing the whole the, the COVID testing. We had to do a PCR test and, and express mail it back. And then we had to do the test when we arrived on site and they had to keep doing, doing screening. And so when we were there with the group in the green room, everybody was still separated. But you can kind of see um, a lot of the, the coaches and, and the players on the other side and, and, and in that general area. And it was just it was just surreal. It was such a cool moment. And I could tell you the thing that I didn't think about where the fans are absolutely crazy. They, they love their teams. And I couldn't believe that many people would, would travel to, to Cleveland to celebrate uh, the draft. And I, I didn't think about that, but it was a, a lot of fun. And uh, the Jets fans showed up and they were excited about Zach. And, uh, but you could see that there's this, there's this um, strong um, will to get back and desire to get back to um, normalcy, and that means uh, having the stadiums be full. The NFL is feeling it. The college football is feeling. It. Everybody's wanting to get back to, to things, getting back to normal, and um, that was a great experience for all of us. And Fessy was loving it, but we were all just caught in the in the moment of just I can't believe that uh, this is happening, and and it was it was so exciting that hopefully we get back there again soon. Kalani, think how close Zach was going to your Niners, like so close, right? So <laughs> close. I know, I know, but I mean that's that's we're all Jets fans and and Bears fans and wherever our guys go. Yeah. I, I I became a Niner fan because they had a lot of BYU players on their team. So uh, I imagine that the uh, BYU fans will all trickle into the NFL and support the players just like uh, I did when I was a young kid. And um, I can tell you that that our our players. I've talked to all the guys that are going on and signed free agent deals and got drafted. And um, they expressed their their love and appreciation to all the BYU fans and people that helped them get here. They, uh, it was such a cool experience for me to hear them in our conversations, just express their love for the BYU fans. So I hope hope everyone, I hope Cougar Nation knows that. Fantastic stuff with the BYU football head coach, Kalani Satake. I know that talking with us isn't quite talking with Little Wayne and Carson Daly, but it, it's close, and Dion, right? It's that was, close. That was nice. It was all right. I'd rather talk to you guys. I mean, <laughs> we're boring. They're getting sidetracked. I mean, they, they had to do this whole marathon thing, so they, they were getting sidetracked often, and I was sitting there listening to the conversations <laughs> over and over and over again, and it's like, man, this is taking forever for them to get back to the draft, you know, but uh, I know you guys are always staying on top of BYU, so I can, I can always count on you guys to bring it right. 
Right on, brother. Hey, uh, thanks for the time, Coach. Uh, what a great time for BYU football. We look forward to more in the future. Love you guys. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. Kalani Sataki on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Lil Let's, Wayne, Carson yeah, Daly, Deion Sanders. Little Wayne. Little uh, Wayne. Sir, Little Wayne. I can root for Fred Warner without rooting for the Niners. There's a separation. But with the Jets, it's like, no, the Jets need to be good. Because if they're not, Zach's going to be out of there right in a couple of years. So hopefully the Jets are good. I'm rooting for the Jets team, but no one else's individual team, per se. I Does that think, make sense? Yes, yes, totally. Like, success for them in the con- – yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. I think BYU now has players on 18 different NFL teams of the 32. Yeah. Based on what I just happened Seahawk. over the draft. I was hoping for one Seahawk. You had Ziggy there for a year. <laughs> a year. It was like <laughs> half the year. Coming up, did we get any rounds or teams correct in our pre-draft project? And when was the last time BYU really did have as good an NFL draft as this? Has it ever happened like this? We'll discuss on BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. And the latest BYU in right now, it's time to reminisce on Zach Wilson's best BYU in right now moments before he heads to the Big Apple. Too late. Check it out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. No, very, very exciting. Some great moments over the uh, years with Zach. Now we get a watch. He's hugging Roger Goodell. On stage, Cleveland, he's the first guy to hug Roger Goodell, as you pointed out, since the 2019 NFL draft. Yeah. Two years. Not a guy I need a hug from, I'll be honest. But if it was in the draft, that means I got drafted. It's incredible stuff. I'm not getting drafted. Just, it's all, as Zach said, surreal. But it's very real. And, and it's incredible. He is Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. This is BYU Sports Nation. It's time to whip it. Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. This is the greatest NFL draft for BYU since? Well, I guess since 2002, the last time BYU had five draft picks. But, Jerem, they didn't have the number two overall pick in the draft, the highest ever in BYU football history. You might have to go back to the McMahon and Young days for it to feel like this at BYU again. I mean, it's been a long time. Five ties the seven-round mark, so I would argue this is the greatest draft in BYU history. You you could argue like, okay, BYU had a few more that were in the first like five rounds or whatever, because BYU has three of the last nine or ten picks, so like snuck in there, but having this second pick overall, to me, you could argue that that's the best draft in BYU history because of that singular moment. So I would say ever, it's the best draft ever. Yeah, if Steve Young had been drafted number one overall by the Cincinnati Bengals in the 84 draft, then maybe we're saying, oh, it's the 84 draft because it's the number one pick in the draft, Steve Young. But even the 84 and 83, 84, 85 teams, they never produced more than five like this in seven rounds. It's pretty wild. And Ty Detmer, by the way, was drafted in the ninth round in nineteen. He wouldn't have been drafted. He wouldn't have been drafted. He would have been an undrafted free agent as a Heisman Trophy winner. Crazy. That is nuts. But Heisman's don't always uh, equate to the next level, right? All right, Jerem, what do you think of Zach Wilson's parting gifts to employees of BYU Athletics? Signed jerseys. This is pretty cool. We're still waiting for ours. But anyway, um, (laughs) yeah, no, pure class uh, from some Zach to give out some, uh, you know, jerseys signed and whatnot. That that was awesome. Uh, A lot of employees were tweeting this out Friday. That's amazing. Yeah, we need an autographed Zach Wilson jersey in Studio B, don't we? I would, yeah, and I've had this like the memor- uh, memorabilia conversation. Like, I would rather have someone know my me by first name than an autograph. 
Does that make sense? Sure, sure. And the picture with somebody is the new autograph. Oh, yeah. In yeah, a yeah. lot of ways. This happened like 20 years ago. Right. Yes, totally. <laughs> Graham Shans is a 10-year-old cancer survivor who wants to be a sports PA announcer. He uh, took his talents to Miller Park over the weekend. Awesome. Listen, to, listen to this. He's good, dude. Okay, um, and then we see his haircut there, and he's got the, uh, uh-huh. the block oh, light. Yeah, Graham. Man, what? I need to go to his barber. That's legit. Let's go, man. Okay, what's better, his haircut or his PA skills? I like his haircut a lot. I do. That's pretty fantastic. But I'm going to go with the PA skills. This is the same kid that introduced Taysom Hill yeah. a couple of weeks back. He, listen. He's making a name for himself. Graham Shantz, Graham. don't forget the name. Graham. We needed to do the open for BYUSN. Okay, we're gonna reach out. Make we that need, happen. We needed to do this. Okay? I'm gonna call your pops. Tell tell everybody at school you can't do your homework. You have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so cool, cancer survivor, yeah, what a, what living awesome out kid. his dream. Ten Love years it. old, so fantastic. Love it. Actual victory, indeed. All right, Jerem, let's watch a couple of videos here, and I'm going to ask you a question about the level of excitement for two of these BYU football players drafted, Brady Christensen and Chris Wilcox. First, Brady Christensen. Here's his reaction when he found out he was going to the Panthers. I'm so happy, man. This is unbelievable. Panthers. Panthers. I need more hugs here. Like one hug from his wife? Did we miss a few of those? <laughs> I, Holding his baby. Yeah, I I need I don't need high fives there. What are we in a pandemic? <laughs> I needed hugs there more. Okay. Yeah, I like listen, I love Brady. You want a little bit more? Okay, okay. okay, okay. Now again, let's watch the Chris Wilcox reaction. We found out he's going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. I like Chris's more because of the initial. Like, Brady had to reinforce it. Someone goes, Panthers? He goes, Panthers. Like a second time. He's just so low-key. So who who technically was more more excited to get the call this weekend? Brady? It it, it seems like it was Brady. But the reaction from Chris, yeah. No, they were all Chris was like, I knew it was happening. It was more like Jalen Waddle where he was just like, thank you. uh, I'm very excited. (laughs) Did Brady Christensen's kid get more swag than he did? (laughs) Look at this. I love the attention to detail from the Panthers who are putting together this care package for Brady Christensen and his kid. Eat, sleep, Panthers. Look at all this I, I think his kid got more stuff. We don't know everything that Brady got. I'm guessing Brady got more, but that is good attention to deal. That's That is fantastic nice. stuff. Okay, coming up, who gets today's rise and show? And was BYU's NFL draft haul a bigger deal than finishing 11-1 in the actual 2020 season? Chicken or the eggs? Which happened first? This is BYU Sports Nation. Panthers. Panthers? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The best of BYU said, assuming there was something good, airs Saturdays at noon Eastern on BYU Radio. Podcast feed as well features the best conversation and interviews each week. 
Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live in Studio B on a Monday. A recap now of how the what a great day, Spence. Normally BYU, Mondays are hard. Oh, th- this is a celebratory this is an easy Monday. Monday. It is a celebratory Monday. I Actual dare say, victory. in the history of this program, the greatest m- Monday, May third ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to go back, and I can tell you, I can promise you this much: it was way better than May third, twenty twenty. It was. Way better than we talked last year on this day. What did you guys talk about during the pandemic? I'm like, I don't know. I don't even remember. Before the schedules blew up? I don't know. But we we did the thing every day. We were like, is fishing a sport? We'll tell you after the break. We knew we had to reach 2,000 episodes, so we just powered through, right? Yeah. (laughs) Just powered through, man. Yes. All right. Time now for a recap of how the BYU draft projections that Jerem and I very cautiously, painstakingly made. Brought to you by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Okay. So we were like, hey, can between the two of us, can we at least get, get one right? One like, team right. One team right. Uh, we chose no teams correctly for the players. Yeah. All 13. <laughs> no. <laughs> but we did correctly predict rounds. Yep. Both of us called the third round for Brady Christensen. Yep. That happened. Yeah. Sixth pick of the third round, number 70 overall. Yeah. I said Dax Milne, my guy, most underappreciated receiver yep. at BYU ever. I had him higher, so he's now my guy. Okay. <laughs> but I knew he was going to go lucky seven. Round lucky you seven. Knew. Nice. Uh-huh. I didn't know. Yeah. Washington football team. And then we got, predictably, some of the undrafted free agents. Sure. Whatever. Tristan Hodge to the Jets, Isaiah Kafusi to the Colts, Zane Anderson. We should have known Zane Anderson was going to go to the Chiefs. How did we overlook the fact that Zane would end up as yeah. an undrafted free agent with the Chiefs? Yeah. And then Troy Warner with Chandon the Herring Los Angeles well. Rams. Chandon Herring. Yeah. yeah, a lot of fun. There, there were probably – Matt Bushman. Did we think Bushman was being drafted? I, can't. I had Matt I think Bushman had going in the yeah. sixth or seventh round. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, good steal for the Las Vegas Raiders. They've been stealing for a long time. <laughs> Pillaging just for fun. Yeah, yes, they have. <laughs> yes, they have. Okay, this brings up a bigger question. Okay, so again, let's we go. look at this all is, the players. Was BYU's NFL draft yes. and what they produced, picks, undrafted free agents, minicamp invite, was that haul a bigger deal than finishing 11-1 and and ranked number 11 in the 2020 season. There's no right answer here, but let's chat. I think it's 11-1, and one, especially in Independence where BYU is trying to continue to prove itself, that it belongs, that it's at a national level. Yeah, BYU did that. People are really impressed by what happened here. Headlined by Zach Wilson individually, but it takes great individuals to make a great team. And this team had great leadership, great skill, and it took advantage of a schedule that was way more manageable in terms of wins. And win 11-1, and one, and that was great. And uh, here we sit after the draft looking at this. I think, obviously, they are connected. There's a synergy between success on the field and the individuals and in the draft. They are connected, although not always. Like, Utah State has put more BYU guys into the league, yet BYU has been more successful than Utah State the last several years, and historically. But that's, that's okay. That's okay. I, I don't know what the answer here is, honestly. I, I love that it happened, it being both. I'm with you. If the season doesn't happen, then the draft clearly does not happen. The season had to happen yes. the way it did right. for BYU football to be in a position to have this many guys drafted and so many undrafted free agents. Just, and, and, we're, we're talking about if, 13 guys. And if, you know, let's say six of these guys stick, that sort of changed it. Right now we're like 13, 13. Yeah. Not all 13 are going to stick in the NFL. 
The hope is that they do, but the reality is that no, they won't. No, but there's a good chance that more than half of a them handful. do. A handful, yep. Perhaps more than half of them stick, at least for a year or two, practice squads. Like, BYU's now doing what we all hoped they would do when Kalani Sitake took over, and that get that is get back to putting a bunch of guys into the NFL. It's a beautiful thing. Okay, coming up, who earns today's Elite Boys? And we give out our rise and shout-outs on a happy Monday edition of BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Download the podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. Our question of the day, was BYU's NFL Draft Hall a bigger deal than finishing 11-1 in the 2020 season? Jeremy and I both say it was the 11-1 season, baby. It produced all of this. How do you feel? Our Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Tyson Peterson on Twitter. Tyson says, BYU's gone 11-1 and or better seven times. This year, five Cougars were selected in the draft. That has happened four times, so I'm going with the draft as a bigger deal. 11-1 in the modern era, though, right? In, in independence, in a pandemic, like, to me, that has, it gives a little more. One time, first Final ranking in the AP Top 25 in 12 years. Yeah, it's been a minute, right? Yeah, valid points, totally. Today's Rise and Shoutouts are presented by Maximum Credit Union, guiding you forward. All the NFL draftees, signees, that's awesome. Reggie Lewis, former BYU TV production assistant, who got a shout-out on the awesome. network uh, for his draft coverage. Of course, Graham Shans, our guy, the next PA announcer of uh, BYU Sports Nation. boy, Graham. Yeah, I'm seriously, I'm, I'm calling your pops up. We're going we're gonna to line this thing up. Yes. And uh, women's soccer on a fantastic season. Didn't end well, but, man, they scored a lot of goals. They were a lot of fun to watch. Absolutely. Our thanks to today's guest, Kalani Satake. Sorry to Dennis Pitto. We ran out of time, bro. We're Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. Shout out to Ryan Denny. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs. Panthers. Panthers?